Hi listeners, hi Mick, and welcome back to Fishy Tales. Hi Rudolf, yeah it's great to be back for another episode. And what we're going to talk about this week, Rudolf? Well Mick, um, last episode we just touched on the subject when it comes to boating and boat safety. So you are uh, sort of an expert, should I say, on that old topic. So that's going to be quite interesting to listen to you today as to what we require to be a good skipper, should I say, and all the aspects involved with that. Oh, well, I wouldn't say I was an expert at it, Rudolph, but um, I've had my share of mishaps and I've seen my share of mishaps, so I suppose I've got a little bit of experience <laughs> and a few stories to tell about it. But yeah, it's a, it's a good subject, safety. Um, it's at the top of everyone's list. Um, have you got any stories about safety? Mick, um, yes, um, as a rock and surf angler, I've also got a boat and just one little story um, that sort of re- keeps on reminding me of how quickly things can go wrong and how important safety is when it comes to boating is something I think of when I was young, um, just after school, I bought this little skivvy, I think it was 12 foot something, as big as a bath, and myself and a friend, Rian, built this little boat up and we were going to go out to sea with this boat. So... Um, those years, safety was talked about. It wasn't enforced like it is now. So we b- built this little 12-foot something. I think it was called the Olofsson Ski those years with a little 30-horsepower motor at the back. And um, we uh, tested this boat everywhere, and it, it went well. So our first trip was to Albert Falls Dam with this boat. So we got there, and we just couldn't wait to get the boat in order. We arrived that Friday afternoon at about 4 o'clock. So I said, um, Rian, the guy that helped me build the boat, and another friend, Leon, was with me. So I said, guys, you set the camp up. I just want to take the boat for a quick spin to make sure our new boat runs well so we can go fishing the next morning. So I had a fishing rod on the boat, and that was it. No safety gear. There weren't cell phones those years. No radio, nothing, because safety wasn't that big an issue. So we put the boat in the water, and I charged out as deep as I can, flat speed. And I said, let me try and turn this boat at flat speed. And I turned quite sharp, and I just heard whap, up, 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 a motor flying. And I looked back, and the motor jumped off the, the <laughs> Transam. <laughs> so there goes the motor underwater. Look, I'm sort of almost on the other side of the dam, and there's nobody there. This was at like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So the motor was hanging on the cables and stuff. After a huge battle, I got the motor back in the boat. But now, obviously, I'm stuck in the other side of the dam. The wind's blowing towards me so i can't get back to the to where my mates were so i rode the boat that little 12 foot boat with a fishing rod <laughs> and after a while it started getting dark and it was summer so i thought at least these guys they'll send someone to come help me because i'm not coming back and in the distance it got dark i could see the fire burning so that's our camp and there was nobody else in camp it was only leon and rian my two mates but I did assume they would send for help because I'm stuck in the middle of nowhere and I'm rowing my fishing rod and my arms are getting tired and I'm starting to panic. I think, oh goodness, I'm going to die with no water, nothing on the oh, boat. <laughs> anyway, to make a long story short, at about nine o'clock that night, I ended up back in the camp hoping that they would stand there with um, open arms to receive me. And all I could see was Rian and Leon sitting having beers and saying, where have you been? We've been waiting for you. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I could have died that day. And that's the day I realized that, you know, even a simple thing as putting a boat on a dam can go wrong very quickly if you haven't got the right safety equipment. Oh, that's an incredible story, Rudolph. And I'm, I'm just trying to picture there if that had happened out at sea because oh, yes. 
you know, we all heard stories of things what happened. I think of, you know, how many times people have left drain plugs out and you get a kilometre out to Aliwell Shoal or somewhere and all of a sudden the boat's a bit um, underwater at the back, so you panic and people try and jump off and put the drain plugs back in. And <laughs> you'd rather just turn around and go back, it would be better. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of safety issues with uh, boating. I'm thinking... Um, of some incidents now what have happened in the surf I'm quite involved with the jet skis and um, you know teaching people how to launch <clears throat> Adam Kamas which is a notoriously difficult launch site but what a great what a great place to learn um, and it just sort of makes me think about how now the process to get a skipper's ticket must have been totally different to years ago you know I mean I'm, I would say I'm a new skipper, 11, 12 years I had a skipper's ticket, and it was quite difficult to do then. I must admit, it was, you know, the paperwork and the actual practical was difficult, but I hear stories of time gone by when, I don't know, did you just used to show up Rudolph to get a ticket, or was actually a process to actually getting a skipper's ticket? Mick, I think those years you, got, you sort of had experienced skippers, um, and I'm talking earlier years now. I don't think there was a process then. I think you were, you just sort of became an experienced skipper, and as the years sort of went on and it started getting regularised, people had to go and do all these exams and and sort of obtain your skipper's ticket. But I do think uh, I'm talking under correction, in the seventies around there, you would just launch your boat and become an experienced skipper. So um, that and I must admit, when I was young, um, I did my first I don't know how many twenty odd launches without any skipper's tickets. Um, but then it wasn't that serious as it is now to have the correct paperwork. So, which I'm very glad for because we've seen some very bad accidents over the years of inexperienced skippers doing things wrong. Whereas now you've got this whole process of going through a skipper's course and to prevent accidents from happening. Yeah, that's quite incredible. I can, I've always almost got this vision in my head of a guy stood there with a clipboard saying, Okay, Mr. Skeepers, um, have you got any scars from boating? Any injuries? No? Okay, we'll come back in a couple of months then. Sure, so I'll give you a skipper's ticket. But uh, yeah, of course, nowadays it's totally different. And um, often guys say to me, how long does it take to become a skipper? And I suppose the answer to that is flipping years. It takes years to be a skipper. Great. But on paper, you know, you tell a guy, okay, you have to do 25 hours you have to do uh, 12 launches over four days. Oh, and by the way, you have to do a radio course what takes two days. The first reaction is complain, complain. Does it really take so long? But in reality, that's actually a short time. You know, four days launching could be like a dam on those four days. You could have had the easiest launches. So it's actually a very short time to, to learn how to launch, do you think? Mick, yeah, that is so true. That, that little initial f course you do, say a week, that actually doesn't mean much. Um, you would know yourself, there's only one way to become a good skipper, and that's by doing it many, many times. And even well-experienced skippers still make mistakes and still get hurt out there. So that initial course is just to get you that, that skipper's ticket. It doesn't mean you're a good skipper. And that's why experienced skippers and guys that's been doing it for many, many years or launch on a daily basis at your launch site. They are so important to help the up-and-coming skippers. And... You know, a small little thing like a change in a current or sandbank developing somewhere can be the difference between life and death when it comes to skipping a boat. 
Yeah, that's true, Rudolph. I mean, myself, I've drew so much information from guys who've launched for years and years and years. You know, I watch them launch. I go down to the launch site. I talk them, you know, with them, and I say, what are the hazards? I pass that experience on to other guys as well. And I think the more you do it, it's like everything, the more you do, the better you get at it. But um, my advice to anybody who wants to do a skipper's course is do not rush it. You must take your time. You must go watch people launch. You must get on a craft with somebody, see how they do it. Get on another vessel with somebody, see how they do it. And just learn and learn and learn and never stop learning. Um, which you know brings me to another uh, subject on the skipper's course, which is a hot topic, is the radios. Um, and I think in a future episode, we must talk about radios because that's a whole subject by itself. Great, yes. I, yes. Isn't it? You know, it's a, by the end of this year, then definitely now, uh, guys, especially with category D and above, you must, must get that radio and you must do your short range certificate. So I think we'll pick that up later in another episode. We'll talk a bit more about the radios. Great, great. Yes, Mick, um, when it comes to radio, there's been quite a few changes and that'll be a very nice, interesting topic to chat about. Um, and also coming back to, to f- I'm talking fishing in general, um, not just launching your boat, but fishing in the ocean. For me, the most important thing about the ocean is to respect the ocean. And I think the day you lose respect for the ocean is the day you're going to get hurt or going to get killed. Um, a lot of people come down and they see the ocean as a big blue pond. And that's a complete wrong way to look at the ocean. There's so many different dangerous factors in the ocean which you've got to learn over many, many years, like you said. And when it comes to launching your boat, was well, a simple thing as to wading out at sea to go cast your fishing rod in. If you take the wrong line, you end up in a rip and you get sucked out. You know, it can be very dangerous. So respect for the ocean is, is such a big topic when it comes to launching a, a vessel or just fishing in the ocean. And once again, that whole, uh, should I say, the, the whole... It, uh, way the ocean works is, is also another topic for another day we can speak to the listeners about and try and highlight some of the dangers of the ocean that is not always visible for the person that comes from the inland and comes down to the coast. Yeah, that's great advice, Rudolph, and I uh, can't wait to hear those stories uh, of what you're talking about. So let's leave it at that and uh, we'll speak again in the next episode. Great. Thanks, Mick. And uh, yes, I can't wait for the next episode. <laughs>